the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. I am your host, Marcus Burgos. And it has been a great time that we're enjoying this year. 2019 has unfolded, and it has been a joy. And we're back in the studio and enjoying our time. But I wanted to ask you a question, especially those of you that read your Bible, those uh, Bible scholars that are out there. If I were to ask you or give you these two words, would you recognize the Scripture? The Bible says, no weapon. You probably recognize that Scripture. There's another one that says, all things. You probably recognize that one as well. And what I'm trying to say is that with those two scriptures, and I'm not even giving you the rest of those verses, but we understand that we are not victims. We are victorious. But to me, there's another, that, another scripture that is not as popular, but is even more powerful. And that's the scripture in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 27, Jesus is on the cross, and the Bible says that he gave up his spirit. He surrendered his spirit. And that may sound like bad news, that he lost, he was victimized, but he was not even close to being victimized. He was fully in control, and because he gave up his spirit, we are victorious today. And so I want to remind you, San Antonio, I want to remind you listening today, you are victorious no matter what is happening around you. No matter who said what, you are victorious because no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Because all things, uh, Romans 8 says, for we know that all things work together for the good. And I want to remind you, you are victorious. If you don't quit, you're going to win. And so keep on pushing, keep on praying, keep on reading, keep on going because you are victorious. And so we're back in the studio today, and we're here with one of the men that minister into our city. And I thank God that uh, we have this program, because I, I've said this often, I, I enjoy the, the men and women that preach and travel the world, uh, taking the gospel to all the corners. But there's a special place in my heart for those men and women that preach and stay. They're here in San Antonio. We bump into them at, at, the, at the local supermarkets, and, and we see them driving around, and we bump into them in traffic, and, and we love on them, and they stay, and they answer our phone call when we call them at 3 a.m. when the baby has fever, and uh, they, they're here with us, and I thank God for these men and women, and I have one of these men here with me today. He is Pastor Jarrett. He is the pastor of Calvary Hills. Baptist Church right here in San Antonio. Pastor Jarrett, welcome to AM630 The Word, Church of the Week program. Thanks, Marcus. Good to be here. Good to meet all you guys. 
I'm, I'm so happy that you're here. We've been we've been trying to get together, and we finally were able to. And uh, I want to let San Antonio know who you are. So would you help me introduce San Antonio uh, to you? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Are you are you San Antonian? Are, are you military? Have you traveled the world? What's what's your story? I've been instructed to say I'm not from Texas, but I got here as fast as I could. And so before that, um, if you kind of work backwards, I was in Colorado before that uh, in a church plant situation. And that was for about four years. And then before that, I was in seminary in Memphis, Tennessee. And then before that, uh, most of my uh, real childhood high school college was in Florida, in the central Florida. And then before that, I was in uh, Bristol, Tennessee. That's where a lot of my extended family still is today. So I've kind of done a, a little dotted line from uh, Tennessee to Florida to Tennessee again, back up to Colorado, then down to Texas here where I've joined Calvary Hills Baptist Church. And so that's where I am today. And I'm only 30 years old. So I guess I never thought I moved around a lot. But uh, when I say it right now yeah. in front of you, I realize I've moved around a lot. So, so when, when people ask you, where are you from? What did you say? Florida. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I would say I'm from Florida. Um, one day, I hope that answer is Texas. And so, uh, uh, but right now, I've only been here on the ground in, in uh, Texas for not even two months yet. I'm pretty fresh. So um, uh, the paint in my office is still not dried. And so I'm, uh, I guess Mother's Day was my first Sunday sermon at our church. And so that's not been that long ago. So I'm still pretty new learning the ropes. And so if you have any food places you want to tell me about, uh, I, I need some taco places. Uh, I've been told that the Tex-Mex is good. So any help, I will accept. You are brand new to San Antonio. Welcome to San Antonio. Yeah, thank you. Wow, I didn't realize it was it had been that short of a time. I didn't tell you because I thought you may not uh, ask me for the interview. So uh, that's that's why you didn't know. <laughs> strategic. We're learning about Pastor Jared. He is strategic. He's going to say just what he needs to say. Yeah, the populist so, <laughs> pastor. No, no, that's not true. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, but I'm glad we got you. I'm glad you got here to San Antonio and to Texas. Uh, now, here here's the obvious question that I'm thinking: Why? What brought you to San Antonio? So, uh, my last situation was at church planting in Colorado through the North American Mission Board, which uh, some of your listeners may not know. That's through the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, that's their church planting emphasis, and so I went through them to start a new church, uh, and really the, the emphasis is uh, there are cities all over North America. People, people think of Mission Field, and they think of the African huts and villages uh, or you know the ends of the earth, and that's true. That's absolutely true, but there are places in North America where you can drop a pin on a map and you can't find a Bible-teaching church for 20, 30, 50 miles, and uh, we don't think that way. But that's true, especially in your large cities like San Francisco, New York, Denver. I mean, you can just go all over and find the ratio of people to churches is nothing like what we experience here in the South. And so it was a lot of that information that I was learning in seminary as I was coming out. I, I was sort of doing the dangerous thing of praying and looking at a map which is always a very dangerous thing to do. And so uh, myself and a couple other guys from our seminary, we were just praying, looking at this map and saying, Lord, uh, is there somewhere you would call us to go that's not necessarily back to our homes that we left to come to seminary? Would you lead us to go start a work somewhere? And we just sensed God was placing on our hearts, yes. Uh, and so then we sort of prayed where. And uh, our church uh, in Tennessee gave us pretty much permission to go anywhere and test and go on a vision trip 
and visit and, uh, and ask, God, is this the place? And so we went to Denver first and drove about an hour north to a city called Fort Collins. And that's where we ended up going and spending the last four years of my life there. Now, while I was there, a lot of things happened. And um, I'll say, as I went on the team, I joined the team as a worship pastor who preached occasionally. Right. And uh, that was sort of the, I guess, the tension. This is a good tension to have. But the tension through my ministry life up till this moment a few months ago was, I love music, I love guitar, and I love singing. And uh, I, people tell me I can do it well, but I, I also went to school for preaching and for leading a church. And so uh, what am I doing here? And I, and I could do both. And so this role allowed me to do both while developing both. But just in the last year, God made it so absolutely clear to me that he wanted me to be preaching. And I feel also like of all the spiritual gifts, if you can preach, you should Right. It seems like prophecy is the superior gift, if I read 1 Corinthians correctly. And so if you can preach, you need to. That's a, uh, I understood what the prophet meant when he said it was like a fire in my bones that right. I just had to get out. And so um, I pursued that path, and um, that's what led me to come here to Texas. Calvary Hills had an opening. Uh, their pastor of uh, 18 years had retired. And so just the opening came, and, and uh, I was open again. I, I by no means had to go to any particular place. And so um, when you leave, when you leave the blank check on the table and say, God, wherever you, wherever you'll send me, I'll go. You never know where you'll end up and maybe Texas. So that's where I am. Well, that's, that's very interesting. And so do you, are you leading worship now and preaching? How, how is that tension with you now? So at Calvary Hills right now, uh, I've gone there and they have expressed to me, I can just be the pastor, I can just be the preacher, and I don't have to feel any pressure. But uh, I know that I can help a lot in the in the area of worship, and I've got a lot of, to offer there. So I've sort of been uh, creeping in and encroaching yeah. on the worship team just to toss little nuggets of truth and little, uh, hey, why don't you play it this way? Why don't you try it this way? And uh, and they've been great. I've gotten along with them. And so they've actually asked me to, to play acoustic guitar with them. And so I've done that uh, last couple of weeks, and I'm probably going to do it this week. Yeah. And uh, when they get to the point where they don't need me anymore and uh, and they don't need my help, I will happily back away. I need to say that. I'll happily step back and just be the preacher. But um, I do want to help. I mean, it seems like a, a, a helpful skill set to be able to have to just kind of speak into the whole Sunday service mm-hmm. and, and inform and guide what's going on there. So I'll help as long as they need me. And right now they say that they're enjoying the help, but yeah. I don't want to be the hovering pastor either over every little thing. So I'll back off when they don't need me. Yeah, but being able to, to do that and having that talent is a blessing. It's, it's something that I would, I would imagine that uh, you're bringing to the table and, and adding to the team. And so I think, I think that's great. Uh, so now uh, you're 30 years old. And so here's the question. Are, are, you, are you married? When did you get married? Uh, where, where did that happen in this, in this journey? So even, my, even the story of how I met my wife, yes, I am married. Her name is Abby, uh, is pretty a, a clear picture of God's sovereignty and his hand working things out. Um, we were married in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, just about to be four years, uh, four years ago from now. So 2015 summer is when we were married. And um, I was there for seminary. Like I said, that was the, the, the Baptist seminary I attended was in Memphis, Tennessee. She was there 
on a Teach for America. So she had joined, and they put they place you into difficult schools, and uh, you go and for two years you go serve a tough school, and you take classes, and they give you your teaching license mm-hmm. at the end. So that's what she was doing there, and uh, while she was there, we had a ministry at our church where we were outreaching into this tough school where she happened to be serving as a, a teacher. And one day we threw a, a neighborhood block party for this school and for this neighborhood. And she brought her kids there for the school. I was there for the church and uh, she had recently moved and she was looking for a church at the time. And so I saw her. And of course, uh, I went and uh, inquired about her <laughs> from afar. And, the Lord uh, led you. Yeah, that's right. And, and I made sure that uh, all the right invitations took place and she was invited to church uh, that, that very next week. And so from there, I did my magic, of course, and, and uh, <laughs> of course. was able to uh, seal the deal. And uh, the rest is history. But it was really cool how that worked out. Just I was from Florida, went to Memphis. She was from New York, went to Memphis. We just happened to meet there at that chance meeting. And I say chance, uh, you know, catch 22. We we know God was working that out. And so uh, he just put that together. And it was so cool the way it worked out. And uh, actually, she she signed up. It was a package deal because at the time I had um, already committed to go to Colorado on this church planting team. And so when she uh, signed on to marry me, it was also knowing that, well, you're going to be a pastor's wife and you're going to join this church planting team. You're going to move to Colorado. You're going to change jobs and you're going to basically go with me there. And uh, she didn't put up a fight. I was I was pretty shocked. She she went along with it and uh, she's been great serving alongside me ever since. And is she teaching now? She's not teaching now just because we kind of had to pull her out uh, in the middle of the year. And so uh, she's looking at, I think, looking at substituting for the next year while she kind of figures out the school systems. Yeah, you and guys are brand new. We don't yeah. know anything. and yeah. We don't know what school systems are, are great, which ones aren't. I, I don't know anything about that. And so I think she's going to test the waters with substituting for, for a year and then uh, get her license transferred over and do all of that. Well, I would offer this advice. 1604 is a loop. 410 is a loop. If you get on it, you'll be on it forever. So uh, be <laughs> careful. Don't just ride on those <laughs> loops. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's uh, that's my little bit of advice. I'm I've, I'm not from here, but I've been here for uh, some 18 years now. I'm I'm from New York, and so uh, it's a great place to be. So welcome, yeah, from one you. from one stranger uh, to another. Welcome to San Antonio. Now, tell me a little bit about the church. Uh, as we're we're talking here at uh, AM 6:30, the Word Church of the Week program, and. Um, Tell me about about the church. First, tell us the name of the church and and where you guys are located. So we're Calvary Hills Baptist Church, and I'm told, and I now believe after seeing it, we're in one of the fastest growing areas of the country, not just in Texas. but So if we go to the far west loop of 1604, uh, right where it intersects with Petranco and military, there's just explosion of growth happening out there. And uh, there have been, I, I guess, construction's been happening for years now that's been going on there. But uh, that's pretty much our area. If you're looking for a big landmark, we're not far from SeaWorld. And, uh, and so I've yet to go to SeaWorld. But we did have one of those in Orlando that I, that I visited all the time. But I've, I've done Six Flags. Now I've got to do SeaWorld. But, yeah, we're over on the west side of town, really fast-growing area. Home's coming up all the time. And, uh, actually, that was one of the things that drew us. I'll just give a, a, a thing I'm thankful for for San Antonio. In Colorado, the houses were so expensive. Uh, like our, a starter home was four hundred thousand dollars, and we were just like, "How on earth can a person live here and do this unless you just have 
this extremely high-paying tech job or something. And so uh, when we got here and we started looking at the home prices, it was like, sweet heaven, thank you, Lord. <laughs> there are there are $200,000 homes here that are that are half the price. And it was yeah. we were just so mind-blown at, at that. It was great. But anyway, that's just a, a nice thing about San Antonio that I've noticed. But yeah, we're on the west side, and... Um, uh, it, it's been a really cool area. To uh, they're putting in new things every day out there, and uh, I'm trying to learn all the exits. I've got a lot of them figured out. The Alamo Ranch exit I've learned yeah. is pretty important. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my my feet wet. And uh, the traffic has has been getting a lot better. When we first got there, they were still in full blown construction mode, and now the roads are sort of opening bit by bit, and we can actually get on the loop instead of yeah. driving frontage roads for for five six miles. So anyway, the west side of town uh, basically is where we are now. Excellent. So um, one thing I wanted to I want to follow up because you pretty much surrendered your life. You prayed in front of a map. That's that's not a little thing. You said you kind of referred to that as being a crazy thing, a dangerous thing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but it, it's it's working out. It looks like you are you are where God wants you to be. At least do you do you do you. Uh, believe that for yourself right now. Absolutely. There's no way that I can look at the story of how I got here and think anything other than God laid this plan out to get me here at this time. There's just no other way. Yeah. And I, a part of the story that I didn't even mention that uh, really connects me to this area and Colorado is that uh, there was a, a church member that had joined our church plant in Colorado, which keep in mind, this is a small church plant. Um, uh, they joined our church plant there and they had been from Calvary Hills Baptist Church and uh, had been a longtime member there. And so when I sent my resume in, they were my reference at the, ch wow. the church I currently attended. And they were able to say to the Calvary Hills Church, hey, guys, you should probably hire this guy. I can tell you because he's our pastor right now. And so uh, just what are the chances, you know, exactly. that someone from Calvary Hills Baptist Church would be up in Fort Collins, Colorado and join our obscure church plant? Yeah. And uh, and then be willing to sign off on sending me away back to their old church. So pretty cool story, I, I think, that just ties it all together. And that's another part of why I just I'm so certain that God has us here at this time in this place. So, Pastor Jared, let me ask you to do this, put you on the spot a little bit. There, there are people that would be wondering, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm going to church. How how do I figure this whole thing out? What am I supposed to do? You have a testimony of praying in front of a map. You know that that that's that's a little crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, but you you're living in a place where you know God has sent you. When you know you're in God's will, there is a level of peace that comes with that. Absolutely. How would how would you advise or or encourage someone that's listening to you today where they don't they don't have that peace they don't know where if they're where they're supposed to be how would you encourage someone today so i i have a really simple answer to that i hope it's not too simplistic but um a lot of times people struggle with what is god's will for my life and what they mean is how can i figure out the, the secret will of God, all these little things that no one could know. You know, what am I supposed to eat for breakfast today? What job am I supposed to take? And really, I think the first step is to step back from that and say, what is God's revealed will for my life? How has God already revealed what he wants me to do in life? And am I doing those things first? So uh, to be a disciple of Christ is first to submit to who Christ is. And so uh, you can't ask 
what God's will is if you're not first saying, am I at least submitting to what Jesus would have me to do just in what I already know I'm supposed to do? If Jesus told me to love other people, well, I can start there. That's God's will for my life. If he told me to run from temptation, that's God's will for my life. If he told me to make disciples, which, by the way, that was the big last final thing he said before he jetted off into heaven, was uh, make disciples of all nations. Well, I know I have to do that. There's no discussion. There's no discussion about whether, oh, am I supposed to go here and do this? Or uh, The question is, how will I make disciples of all nations, not will I? And, and so that's, that's where I always start the discussion of God's will is if you do the things that you know you have to do, that, G, that just are part of being a follower of Jesus, if you start there, you'll find that the little outside questions actually get a lot easier. It gets a lot easier to figure out all the little details of, well, where do I uh, make disciples? Well, that becomes easier when, because then you're just asking, well, where can I be the most effective for God's kingdom? And maybe that has to do with things you already like. If you, um, if your personality is a certain way, well, you're going to make friends with people that share your views, and so you need to be making disciples among those people. Or if you're in a certain age bracket, you're going to be most effective making disciples to those people. So, you know, if you're an older person and you play bingo, don't be ashamed of bingo. Go make disciples among older people playing bingo. God made you that way. If you if you like a certain band, go to that concert and meet friends there. Befriend unbelievers and and make disciples of people that are like you and that you can gather with, and then you'll study the Bible together. Hopefully you'll pray that God opens their eyes and they'll come to Christ, and then they'll start going to church with you, sitting with you. And that's how disciples are made. It's not uh, extremely mystical. I, I try to just go on what has God told me already to do, and am I at least doing those things? That's, that's great advice because, it, like you said, it, it is very simple. We, we overcomplicate things, and religion complicates things. But God could use us today. God could use us right where we're on our, on our way or at the supermarket. God could use us. Just smile and, and be friendly, like you said. You want to have friends? Be friendly. And, and, then, and then from there, you have an open door to tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. And if God is truly sovereign and in control, like you already said that he was, you live in the neighborhood you live in for a reason. That's right. God put you there. You shop at the H-E-B you shop at yeah. for a reason. And, and he, there are people there that God is ordaining and putting in your life so that you will meet them and talk to them. And you're his hands and feet. And you're the only Bible that they're ever going to read. You're the Jesus in their life that they need to see. And because they're not, they're, if you're an unbeliever, you're not going to see it any other way. We can't just hope that uh, a gospel tract falls from a helicopter and lands in their cereal. That's not going to happen. So uh, we are the, the way that the world is going to come to Christ. And so we have to trust that God has put us where we are for that reason. And sometimes, uh, sometimes that means you get up and you go somewhere else. And that's kind of where the map came from. Right. Is uh, sometimes you look and you say, man, if, if I don't relocate myself, they won't have a chance to hear and so uh, one place I've gone in the past couple years is India on a mission trip. And I can tell you why I went there. Every map I look at that talks about the, the low percentage of evangelical believers with extremely high um, uninvolvement in Christianity, I mean, it's India. It's, right. uh, that's where the unreached peoples are. And so I keep going there over and over. I'm going to keep going there. And uh, that's because if somebody doesn't go there, they don't have neighbors. They don't have 
people at the supermarket that could tell them about Jesus. They need someone to cross an ocean and get there. You've got to jump in or else they won't. There there is no local believer to do the task that we get to do here. But in San Antonio, there's there's a large group of people that do not need to travel. They just could do that in their neighborhood. Sure. They can do that with the kids on the soccer team and, and, and in the high school and and at the HEB, like you yep. say. That's, so, why, uh, that's why you have Acts 1-8. Right? That's you have right. Jerusalem. That's right. Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. And, he, and he, basically, the way I read that is I'm responsible for all of those somehow. I have to mm-hmm. figure out a way to go to all. And so you live somewhere. That's always your Jerusalem. Your first circle. It doesn't yep. matter where. It's just That's your Jerusalem. Yeah. And then you've got to be thinking about the other parts of the world as well. Well, tell me, Pastor Jared, uh, tell me a little bit about the church. We're, we're running out of time, uh, but tell me, where, where's the church? Uh, give me the address again. You have a website as well. You're on, you're on the Internet. Yes. How, uh, what time are services? Tell me a little bit about the church. So the services are at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning, and uh, we are at 910 West Loop 1604 North in San Antonio, Texas. That's a lot of numbers. Don't let it scare you. That just means we're on the loop. That's all yeah. it means. And uh, our website is calvaryhillsbaptist.org. And uh, I would say we are, we are looking for people to come and join our church. It's a great time. Uh, it, times of transition are actually great for yes. guests to come and join because you're not, you can't be more out of place than I am. I just joined, <laughs> and I'm the pastor. I mean, so if you're looking to join a church where uh, you, know, you can fit in and you won't feel out of place, well, go somewhere where the pastor is also out of place, and I don't know even where to shop or anything like that. So <laughs> it's a great time to come. I'm starting new series uh, this Sunday, actually. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Colossians all through summer, and uh, just looking forward to what God's going to do there. Really excited. I, I know he's got me there for a reason, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to how God's going to grow this church. Well, San Antonio, I want to invite you to Calvary Hills Baptist Church, and uh, they're on the internet, uh, calvaryhillsbaptist.org, and so find them 11 a.m. every Sunday morning, and so I want you to join and, and meet the new guy, meet the pastor. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you for listening to Church of the Week program. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.